0: Good afternoon and welcome to the fifth episode of Startup CU Radio. Startup CU Radio brings the startup community to the Cal Lutheran campus. One hour a week we interview experienced entrepreneurs with questions to help students creating their first business, as well as discussing important topics to the Conejo Valley startup ecosystem. This is Evan Brandt. I'm your co-host today. I'm a senior at CLU, president of Startup CLU, and founder of FAMILY. Today I'm here with co-host Sarah Meador, also a senior CLU, as well as John and Alexis, who are CLU alum and the founders of 360 Corporate Wellness. Uh, 360 Corporate Wellness is a marketplace where companies can find corporate wellness vendors. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having us, Evan. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Glad to be
0: here. I'm really excited to have you guys here. Um, so I know you guys have been working on a few different things, um, and this is rather new. So could you guys tell us a little bit more about 360 Corporate Wellness and kind of how it got started?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, 360 Corporate Wellness is a comprehensive corporate wellness platform that connects businesses and corporate wellness vendors. Um, After some experience um, with our previous startups and being in the business industry for many years now, we realized there was a gap between finding and implementing a corporate wellness program and the pretty much the resources and ability to do so. Mm. So small businesses would have to individually search for different parts of the wellness program. So for example, they'd have to find the healthy snack vendor, they'd mm. have to find the yoga instructor to come in at lunch, mm-hmm. they'd have to find the uh, the water dispenser company, but there yeah. wasn't one place where they could find all of the different types of companies. Yeah. So we're creating a marketplace where they can go and it's kind of like a one-stop shop. They'll be able to find all different types of vendors from the one platform wow and we've um, simplified it into three main categories. We have health, wellness, and lifestyle. Okay. Lifestyle um, contains vendors that do things such as meditation. You know, mm. um, just being spiritual at your desk or mm-hmm. being able to calm your mind. We have health, which is like the fitness and, um, or I'm sorry, health is the uh, f- healthy food and mm. water. And then we have the wellness, which is like the fitness. You know, desk yoga, things like that, standing desks. Mm-hmm. So all of these things combined into one easy place to find them.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm sure with how uh, competitive it is for businesses right now to, you know, recruit good talent. Like this is just something that's going to be more and more important and prevalent, I think, for business owners.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's like the peak of corporate wellness. And it's very important, especially for trying to recruit millennials um, to have that aspect that makes you feel welcome and appreciated as an employee.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. And it's like all in one convenient spot, so they don't have to be like looking everywhere. So, when did you guys start working on this? Because you guys have been working on startups
2: since you were at CLU, right? Yeah. So, we've had, I would say, over, definitely over five, maybe over six startups by now. Wow. This one's very new. Um, we just started the. We got the idea back in November of last year, so it's only been a few months, okay. and um, we're still on the back end developing the, the web platform and mm-hmm. the marketplace, um, and still building out our list of vendors. So we're aiming to go commercial with this idea and this startup in the next few months, hopefully by summer. Um, okay. we'll have everything built out ready to go have all of our vendor connections mm-hmm. and um, we'll probably do a soft launch before then but it's only been a few months but we're moving really rapidly with this one because it's our main focus at at the at this point in time yeah that's amazing um, so what what were some of your guys' like first startups that you so our first startup together that we ever did was called, a company called Repwatch um, mm-hmm. it's in the physical therapy health and wellness industry or health industry specifically helping people recover faster from physical therapy mm-hmm. we um, founded a gap in that market because when a physical therapist assigns a patient their therapy and they go home to do it, Mm -hmm. oftentimes patients forget. And so we wanted a way to help remind them and also help track them at home. So we created a wearable and an app that would help track physical therapy at home um, in between visits. Wow. That's awesome.
3: Um, So honestly, like talking about that, I just can't imagine working on something like a startup while going to school. So how did you guys... um, how were you able to manage to do both, you know, like manage your time and stuff like that? And along with that, are there any pointers that you might have for students that are looking to do a startup on how they can um, manage both as well?
1: Yeah, Um. so as you said, it it is a lot of work to do, you know, both school and work on a startup. But I think one of the tools that kind of helped me is um, prioritizing. So when you just write down Every single thing you have to do, whether it's deadlines, um, whether it's things that are important to you, um, including your health, eating—you know—it it can be as basic as that. Mm. And you just need to rank these things in order of you know importance, mm-hmm. um, and that would kind of help you figure out how to delegate your time um, for your whole day. And then the second part is just staying disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to do in college because you have all of these distractions, um, but if you kind of have that long-term vision of this is kind of where i want to be in x amount of years or you know this is kind of what i want to do with my life then hopefully that that motivation will help you stay
0: disciplined yeah definitely kind of differentiating between your macros and micros exactly um and then one thing i always try to tell people is like it's really important to try to plan out um and kind of minimize all the small things people often tend to overlook them but then it's like if you take care of all the small things and you're not focused on those, you really focus on the big things. Yeah. And like, I mean, things like, like meal prepping like, you know, like little things like that, like goes a long way, I think. Exactly. And yeah. um, I was
1: just to kind of piggyback off, off of that. I was mm-hmm. reading a, uh, an article the other day. And, um, I think my biggest takeaway from it was, um, the writer was saying something like, it really doesn't matter how many, you know, emails you go through or mm-hmm. how many small things you get checked off the list, mm-hmm. if the most important things haven't even been touched. Yep. yep. So um, once again, going back to just um, now what I do is I make a list of the three most important things Mm. um, currently, whether it's for the day or for the week. Mm -hmm. And that's what should take up most of your time as opposed to all the mini tasks that make you feel good, but doesn't actually make you move forward.
0: Yeah. It feels like you're just checking a bunch of things off and really you're not. Yeah. One thing I love to do is like. In the, like in the beginning of the day just knock out those three big things yeah. and then yeah. you know kind of when you're in between things if you're traveling or whatever it is yeah. if you're waiting for a meeting knocking out some of those little things just yeah. kind of get it done for sure um john so one of my favorite quotes of all time that you actually said is you know nine out of ten startups fail so i'm gonna start ten startups yeah. um and i think I mean, definitely one of the biggest reasons startups fail is this idea of having you know the right team and having the right people working with you. Um, and I, there's just so many different things that go into that. I mean, you guys have started quite a few startups now, so you have a lot of experience in this. Maybe some difficulties, maybe some successes. Um, could you guys just share some general advice on like um, you know choosing your co-founders? What should go into that? Maybe what steps you should take before you decide on a co-founder. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, choosing um, the right co-founder is definitely one of the most important parts of building you know a, a company and it's mm-hmm. a, the same kind of overflows past the startup stage in terms of recruitment having the right employees makes the business mm-hmm. um so in terms of deciding or figuring out whether a um, a co-founder is kind of right for you mm-hmm. i think it's important to notice how um you work together when things are going very bad, because mm. it's very easy to focus on, you know, when things are good, yeah. everyone's happy, <laughs> yep. you know, there's no problems. <laughs> yeah. But it's about when times get tough, which mm-hmm. in a startup times do get tough a lot <laughs> of the time. time. <laughs> yeah. So you need to focus on how you problem solve, yeah. how you communicate, um, whether it's effective or not, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of one of the core pieces of advice I, I would give.
0: Totally. Do you have any idea of, like how you could figure some of these things out? I mean, like before, you know, in the early stages, like you said, like things aren't really tough at first. Yeah maybe it's a project you have quite a bit of time mm-hmm. and then you know then you're in the thick of it and you're in a time crunch and everything's going yeah. wrong like how do you figure some of those things out
1: um, it's, it's definitely difficult to figure some of those things out because you know um, you kind of have to wait for it naturally to occur. Mm. But one of the things you can kind of do to prevent, um, you know, a lot of damage being done to mm-hmm. yourself or the company, um, it would help if you and your potential co-founder sit down at the beginning um, and pretty much write all of the worst-case scenarios mm. that you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the other co-founder running off of the business, mm-hmm. wanting to sell it, you know, or mm-hmm. just bailing out on you. Yeah. Having those precautions and having those discussions before. Yeah. They've even occurred means that you're both on the same page, you've yep. discussed it. And then you probably want to make sure that you sign and agree to, mm-hmm. to whatever it is so that when the time comes, those provisions are already set in stone.
0: Yeah. And if and if you're on the same page and signing it, you know, it really shouldn't be a big deal for each co founder. Exactly.
2: I actually have a tip in terms of finding the right co founder in the beginning and how do you know mm. if it's the right person. So They always say, um, you know, your business partners are like your wife or husband, so it's like you marry each other, and before you marry someone... there's like a quote out there that you should at least spend one calendar year with them so that mm. you know how you, how you are getting through all the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> so I would take the same advice Everything goes along yeah. It. yeah. and apply it yeah. to the business partner. Like you that. shouldn't get into business mm. with someone that you just met. Yeah. You need to know them. You need to, you know, and you can't really know someone that quickly. So yeah. if you have a good idea, you know, start working together, but mm. don't rush into anything yeah. because it could be a lifetime commitment.
0: Totally. Just yeah. like,
2: you know, just like a marriage. So yeah. Um, get to know the person, spend a lot of time with them, mm-hmm. and don't rush into anything too quickly before you actually know them.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and definitely with startups too, you know, they're obviously notorious for growing super quickly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't always have that time. So then again, I think the expectations, laying those out clearly ahead of time is just super valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, especially being on the same page, like, you know, what do you, what do you each of you want out of the business? You know, yeah. like, is one of you hoping for a quick sell or is one of you hoping to make this your lifetime career? You know, like things are very different. So,
2: yeah. And another yeah. way, um, that we've that we handle those or we take precaution in that sense Mm -hmm. is that we always for any business we start we both create a vesting schedule Mm -hmm. so if one of us wants to stay for our lifetime the other wants to leave after three years Mm -hmm. it's fair because we're vested into the business
0: completely yeah doing like a year cliff or whatever it is Exactly. exactly yeah definitely um, awesome that was great advice um, another unique insight that you guys definitely bring is you guys kind of have this you're kind of known for the kind of slain competitions <laughs> you guys have you guys have killed quite a few good competitions um, definitely like in the prime of your startups um, so I mean it seems like you guys for a while they were kind of doing a new competition every weekend almost like what was your guys kind of reasoning behind that um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well we have a couple reasons yeah. but our main, in the beginning, it was for the experience, and mm-hmm. then it became about getting free money because mm-hmm. there aren't really too many opportunities in life where you can get free money. Yeah. And business competitions are one of those. Definitely. So, um, in the beginning, if even if either whether you're experienced or not, it's a mm-hmm. great way just to get a different type of experience. Mm. Working with people you don't know, um, startup weekends are a great way to just have fun with projects and also feel accomplished at the end. But then we started to apply to competitions where there was large cash prizes, Mm. and that was our main focus. And then we strategically would pitch um, according to the rules and guidelines of those competitions. Mm. And so we really um, based our presentations around how we're going to be judged. Not necessarily based on our business idea, but we evaluated each competition differently, and we created new presentations and um, pivoted the idea slightly for each one Mm -hmm. and that's why we were so successful in winning the competitions. That's awesome.
1: I think... um Alexis touched on a good point. It's about tailoring to your audience, mm. and so when you begin to learn that these audience, whether it's judges or you know mm. seasoned entrepreneurs, uh, they they have their own experiences and their own mm. perspectives, and you want to appeal to them as much as possible, yeah. so that you can get that that prize. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what what we learned that a lot of startups were lacking because mm-hmm. yes, they were passionate about their you know startups and mm-hmm. their ventures, but they weren't really appealing to the judging criteria and to the people that would judging them.
0: Yeah. I, I think that concept goes much further than just competitions as well, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to find customers, each customer has a unique problem yeah. and you have to figure out, you know, how does your solution kind of tailor to them as well? Exactly. Definitely. Um, so would you guys recommend other startups to go into the competition route? I mean, like what situations do you think like going the competition route is like a really good really good thing.
2: I think it's great in the beginning, especially if the business is just forming, it's a great way to kind of get everyone to start thinking about all of the, um, the business plan and things or the business plan and all mm-hmm. of the aspects of the business. Cause some of the competitions require you to have a, at least a 10 page business plan that hits all of these aspects. So it's good in the beginning to get the business ideas flowing to get everyone on the same page and working towards the business. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would also say that if you s- get sucked into the competition game, it's going to uh, take away from your actual business. Mm-hmm. So we, we came to a point where we were spending so much time in the competitions that we weren't developing the business, working on the product, working on sales. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, we switched. So yeah, in the beginning we were very competition focused and then we said, all right, it's taking too much time away from the business. So we're going to stop with the competitions and then change our focus.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of startups fall into that pit when raising any type of capital, right? It's, It's very, once you have momentum, it's really easy to kind of get stuck in there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, Well, the other thing you guys are kind of really known for is having a lot of side hustles (laughs) and kind of killing that game. Um, So I kind of want to focus on that a little bit um, because I think on the outside looking into startups, um, people kind of have this false idea that for entrepreneurs, you know, you kind of have two options. It's like, you know, either you give up your dreams or you get a nine to five and, you know, either you're dead broke or like your startup takes off and then you're super rich. Um, So I think side hustles are like a great alternative to that, um, especially in the beginning. It's kind of gaining popularity. A little bit. I um, know. What What are you guys' thoughts on side hustles? And could you guys share some of your experiences? Yeah, I with that? think
1: uh, side hustles are great, especially when um, you realize you begin to develop an expertise in certain areas. <clears throat> so, for example, for myself, one of the expertise is I realized I was uh, developing was dealing with Excel forecasting, mm. you know, financials, mm-hmm. and these are s- some things that not everyone can do. Um, so, I was able to leverage that and you know find other startups that needed that help um, and pretty much be able to sell my services um, one of the other side hustles we have is kind of like a um, a consulting and branding company um, since we had to do a lot of branding um, for all of the startups that we developed we realized okay this is kind of the formula that works um, so we were able to leverage that and um, develop that as a side hustle um, and lastly I, I would also say to write down all of the ideas you get because mm-hmm. they could also evolve into side hustles and whether you're working on it at the moment, or not having it written down and in your mind, you know, you can be your, your subconscious can be working on it um, as time goes on,
3: yeah, definitely. So, that branding side hustle that you were talking about is that the only one that you guys have going on right now, or are you guys doing some other stuff too?
2: Um, well, throughout the years, we've had multiple side hustles. Mm-hmm. Um, dating it back to about a year and a half ago, we launched a clothing company called Kalu Closet, uh, oh, that cute. was a side hustle, <laughs> um, and so. What we do is we we try to learn as quickly as we can from our side hustles if they're gonna Mm -hmm. be successful or not. The uh, branding and marketing company is something that we've been doing for a long time and I think we'll continue to do that no matter what because it's a skill that we have and people always need those services. Yeah. Um, we have a couple other side hustles, but we can't really talk about them right now. They're Ooh, under the radar. So <laughs> in a few months, we can release them, but we always have something brewing. Yeah. We've just learned in the past two years of um, running business that mm-hmm. we don't want our side hustles to detract from our main business. Yeah. That's so fair. we've become really good at just focusing on 360 mm-hmm. and keeping the side hustles a side hustle instead okay. of letting it become the main topic for the day. And we get really mm-hmm. excited. Um, we just... We really... Learn to be disciplined about focusing on the main business and then mm-hmm. in the spare time, you know, touching on the side hustles.
3: Yeah. So are all of your like side hustles together? Or do you guys have like,
2: yeah, your luckily own little we work really well together. And okay. so, all the side hustles that we have are together, yep. but That's it's good. perfectly fine for someone to work on a side hustle by themselves. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a nine to five and you want to get yeah. your startup going, yeah. your startup <laughs> would be your side hustle at the time. Yeah. yeah. So either way, um, we just got lucky that we work really well together. Yeah. We complement each other's um, skills, so mm-hmm. uh, we definitely move faster together. Yeah.
3: And like going off of working together like that, how do you guys figure out how to like? divide up responsibilities equally yeah. in a way you know because I feel like in a startup you know when you work in a group and one person's slacking like yeah. it just doesn't end up working and I feel like with a startup it's important for both people or however many to like be sharing the work equally so yeah. how do you guys successfully um, do that
1: so that that's it's kind of uh a complex question in a way because initially it would help if you outline your strengths and weaknesses. Mm. Um, But that's not always the best way because at the end of the day somebody may think they're very (laughs) strong in one area and turns out they're strong in another area. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, once you do work with someone for a while, you Mm -hmm. know, time is always the best test. Um, You begin to figure out, okay, this is what you're most efficient at. This is what I'm not too good at. Um, And it's something that we had to go through recently even though we've been working together for a couple of years now Mm -hmm. um It's the fact that, as you said, in a startup or in a group project, you want to divide everything equally. But sometimes that may be to the detriment of, you know, the project or the company. So, Mm -hmm. for example, um, in a few of our startups, we would go over everything together. Mm. So literally, okay, like, all right, (laughs) um, the name, all right, let's go about ideas. Okay, Mm there's branding. Okay, let's, you know, talk through it. Financials, all right, we're talking about it. But at the end of the day, it might not be in the best interest of the company for everyone in the startup to go over everything. Thing together because Definitely. then it makes it kind of bureaucratic
0: Yeah, as there's opposed so to, much to do
1: exactly <laughs> so when you realize you know there's so much to do it's like okay you take care of that because you can knock mm-hmm. that out much faster than me mm-hmm. great i'll take care of that you know and you kind of develop that yeah um so it's really important to at the start you can work together on everything to mm-hmm. to get everybody's perspective but then you kind of have to have that line drawn where it's like these are your responsibilities mm-hmm. and these are my responsibilities and that way you increase accountability too
0: yeah that's huge um and I think super early on in a startup as well it's like especially when there's only, you know, maybe two co founders or three um, it's kind of seasonal almost we're like yeah, like you're always developing you're always talking to customers But yeah. there's there's periods where it's very heavy in each, you know Like I know in my startup We have periods where we're heavy building know, we're totally focused on mm-hmm. building developing and then we'll have you know Slight periods where it's all about getting customer feedback exactly. and expanding yeah. Um, So yeah, just being able to be kind of flexible with that. I think yeah. is super valuable um, Alexis you actually touched on a point that I wanted to cover a little bit more in depth um, And it's, it's kind of like this idea of timing and like allocating your time and um, because I think like the biggest asset for a startup is you know being able to move quickly and hopefully gain some sort of market share before competitors move in. Um, and my concern is always with side hustles or with raising financing or competitions is it can really just slow you down. You know, like we talked about. Um, and really, if you kind of focus a hundred percent on your startup, you could have it gotten traction and possibly funding and you know really kind of exponentially grown but that's just one of the risks you take um i don't know kind of what are your thoughts on that on like side hustles, like at what point do you think uh you should be dropping everything is, is there a specific time is there like an aha moment where it's like you know, you drop everything and work on this one thing.
2: This ties back into what John said previously about priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, you should con- continuously be prioritizing and reprioritizing, whether that's daily, weekly, or monthly. Mm-hmm. So you got to evaluate what's, number one, what do you want to do the most? And mm-hmm. number two, what do you think is going to be the most successful? Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. Um, we definitely do it pretty often, I would say at least weekly. Mm-hmm prioritizing, all right, what's, what do we want to work on this week? And like, like I said earlier, um, we do focus on our one main company.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, and the side, you know, I wouldn't say there's one moment where you should drop everything because you shouldn't be working on something you're not passionate about. So true. And if you're passionate about these little side hustles, why would you drop them? Mm. You know, even if the purpose for you is just for fun, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there's a point to drop everything. But there should definitely be. You know, you can have a company that takes up 95% of your time, yeah. and then you just use 5% for the side hustles. Yeah. So just prioritizing, um, and it comes back to just what do you want? What do you What do you want out of it?
1: Um, just to to add to that because um, I, I heard you mention like risk and I think it's, it's important to touch on just the concept of risk when dealing with startups because it's probably one of the most um, you know risky um, career choices to be an entrepreneur because you're saying that you know you acknowledge that you're not going to have financial security you have this idea and nothing has been you know brought to reality yet so um, I think every entrepreneur has a different um, pretty much a amount of risk they're willing to take if you have a family and kids to feed and a mortgage and Mm -hmm. things tying you down and commitments your risk is going to be you know you're less likely to take certain risks than somebody straight out of college Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's also important to take into consideration what you're willing to risk and how far you're willing to go so that you can always bring yourself back sometimes if you feel like you're you're too uncomfortable. You don't think you're you're in a in a place where you can work efficiently because you're taking too much risk.
3: Mm-hmm. So I'm sure like when you guys first started your startup, there were like some mistakes you guys made, you know, because like you were just starting out. But what are what are some common mistakes that you see student entrepreneurs making, like when it comes to financing or anything else that has to do with the startup?
2: One of the mistakes that we see pretty often is that people don't talk to their actual customer. So companies will spend a year or two developing an idea, raising money, get ready to launch it. And then they launch it and no one wants to buy it. Mm. And that's because they didn't speak to the customer before they built it. Mm -hmm. That's something that we did pretty well, almost too well, because we spent a year Mm. talking to customers. Um, So that it was good because we got so much feedback, but we could have been a little more aggressive in terms of the development. But that's definitely a mistake we see. Uh, more often than not, is that people don't talk to the customer. And whether that's a startup or a huge corporate business, it's always important to get customer feedback because they're the ones giving you the money.
0: Yeah, totally. I think it's super easy to get stuck behind the desk, just kind of plugging away with whatever your kind of immediate task is. But it's so easy to forget, you know, that the core of your business is the customer. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and another uh, thing, which is kind of linked to um, not talking to uh, your customers, is that sometimes entrepreneurs make assumptions. Hmm. And I mean, you kind of have to. Since there's a lot that that isn't um you don't have historical data to go off of Mm. if you're bringing something innovative Mm -hmm. you know to the market um which is you know one highlights the importance of talking to your customers Mm. but secondly is you have to do your due diligence and research so Mm. if you have a you know you think your customers are thinking this way or you think you're going to be able to get something for a certain price don't just think it go and get that quote Mm -hmm. you know go and speak to the person and get them to confirm yes this is something that i would like to buy and this is how i would use it this mm-hmm. is why i would use it don't just think they would use it for this reason because if you have your motivations mixed up or you're assuming somebody wants something for another reason you may let's say you know, get rid of that feature
0: from your app mm.
1: and that was the only reason yeah, they were actually going to gonna Mm -hmm. get it Mm -hmm. so yeah it goes goes back to just not making assumptions and getting hard facts
0: yeah totally i think it's super interesting because like i'm first of all i'm terrible with science Mm -hmm. but i think a lot of times like the scientific method kind of applies where like you make a hypothesis based off assumptions and you go out and you test Test it it. it and you find out a lot and then you you iterate and you do it again and again and again yeah, it's super valuable. So when you guys were undergrads, I know from firsthand you guys were doing all types of stuff. Um, you know, doing things as well as just kind of getting ready and doing research. Um, what think? What do you think students should be doing right now if they they want to run a startup someday?
2: I think I would say, especially going to Calu, um, mm-hmm. take advantage of all the resources at hand because there are so many of them. Being a student, um, you you do have a lot of extra time. Most students don't have full time jobs, but even if you do, you know, join the club, get involved, pick your professor's brains, um, take advantage of the funding that you can get from the school to fund your business. So if you join, you know, right startup CLU, mm-hmm. there's some funding. For development and things like that also um, we took advantage of being able to go to competitions as when we we're students because the school would help fund that mm-hmm. um, just take advantage of all the resources because once you graduate you might not have them anymore
3: yeah, yeah, I feel like a lot of students might not realize all the resources that they have, and then once they do, it's definitely like a good thing to take advantage. But what types of startups are you hoping to see more of? Because I know like yours, yours is like because there's a need for it and everything. Yeah. But what are some some startups that you're hoping to see more of in the future?
1: Um, I mean, surprisingly, given the um, kind of political climate and changes that have been now brought to the marijuana industry, mm-hmm. I have actually been seeing quite a few. Um, interesting like cannabis tech um, mm-hmm. startups and that's just something that I think um, is kind of a promising industry since there's so many different types and types and uses um, for yeah. it so that's one I think is growing and um, also IOT which is a uh, internet of things and that's pretty mm-hmm. much just connected devices so being able to control you know your oven from your office or you know, oh, not saying that that's cool. the best idea yeah. but you know <laughs> being able to control you know things in our daily lives mm-hmm. from other places it's pretty much like expanding yeah. our senses mm-hmm. um so i think that's an that's the uh, second industry that i think has grown
3: yeah that's super cool and all right so like another question that we've kind of been asking everyone that comes on our show um with all the like new advancements in technology going on right now what technology out there is something that you're excited to see like progress in the future
2: definitely in terms of technology um, i would say machine learning algorithms and um just S- smart technology. So a lot of or a lot of our research and experience has been with smart technology and creating, you know, algorithms being able to monitor movements. Hmm. Um, but it's just really fascinating seeing all these robotics and things that can run themselves. Yeah, it yeah. creates a lot more efficient systems and. Mm-hmm ways of pretty much living life. Yeah. Um, but it also creates jobs for monitoring and maintaining the technology mm-hmm. and, um, developing new software. Yeah. So that really interests me and it's exciting to see where that's going. Um, we've been to a few tech events lately and, and in a few years there'll be no more, uh, obviously, you know, there'll be self-driving cars, mm-hmm. but beyond and self-driving trucks. So mm-hmm. it eliminates all those jobs. But in addition to that, Um, fast food bots will eliminate Mm. hundreds of thousands of jobs of people that work in fast food restaurants. Mm. So it's just, I think it's fascinating because we're, you know, we're just making our lives more
1: efficient.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's something definitely to watch. Like you said, it's going to be changing um, the current climate with jobs and everything right now. But again, like you said, it's going to be creating a lot of new jobs as well, as far as creating the software for this hardware, uh, maintaining them, all different types of stuff.
2: Yeah, and also another example is um, a, a self-brewing coffee machine that will kind of mm. replace, let's say, Starbucks. Yeah. So they're have, they have a beta right now in San Francisco, uh-huh. and instead of somebody making the coffee, that person is instead talking to the customer. Mm-hmm. So they're enhancing the customer experience because the coffee is being made um, robotically, mm. but that worker, instead of making the coffee, they're engaging with the customer. So it's just, you know, it's changing the wow. role, yeah. and it's enhancing the experience.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I'm sure we've all had an experience where you've gone to get something and it has not been pleasant dealing with the the person who's behind the counter who's super stressed out and running around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, guys, you guys are fantastic. You guys have shared a lot of valuable advice. I know, you, John, you've been helping out the club for a while. Lexi, you guys have been giving advice to all types of students. Um, so thank you for that, and thank you for being on the show. And I'm just really excited to see where your side hustle goes, as well as this awesome new startup, 360 Corporate Wellness. So, yeah, thank yeah. you guys so much. Thank yeah, you for we had a great us. time on the yeah. show.
2: Thanks for uh, inviting us here, and we hope the best with your show as well.
0: Awesome. Thank, thank you, guys. All right, guys. Well, this has been the fifth episode of Startup CEO Radio. Thank you so much for having us. Um, We do have one more event coming up. We're going to be interviewing Alec and Eric from Rareform Backpack. They're the founders. They were on Shark Tank. Keep an eye out for that. We'll be giving some announcement out soon.